The Children's Health Fund, a provider of mobile pediatric health services, has joined up with Verizon Foundation to launch a new national telemedicine initiative. The initiative kicked off last week in Florida with clinicians from the University of Miami Health System providing telehealth services to underserved children in Miami using mobile clinics equipped with high-speed 4G LTE wireless broadband connections and telecommunication equipment provided by Verizon. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking to Jeb Weissman, CIO of the Children's Health Fund. Jeb will tell us about the new initiative and will describe the security and privacy challenges related to telehealth services. Hi, Jeb. Hi, Marianne. To start, very briefly describe what Children's Fund is and your role there. The Children's Health Fund was founded back in 1987 by singer-songwriter Paul Simon and pediatrician Dr. Erwin Redliner, uh, principally to help bring high-quality primary care to homeless and medically underserved children living in the uh, various shelters and welfare hotels in New York. Since then, uh, it's grown to encompass uh, more than 20 programs across the United States, all providing high-quality care to children and their families, and often through mobile medical clinics. My role here at CHF is as the Chief Information Officer, which really spans a variety of roles, including not only information, but the technology and systems that underline much of that process, whether it's business or health information. Why is this new telemedicine initiative important, and what kinds of telemedicine services will be available? Well, the telemedicine initiative is is important for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that very often these uh, children can't get to the subspecialists that uh, they would otherwise require access to. For example, getting a child to a dermatologist when the parents are both working multiple jobs, when there may be other children involved, or when they may live in areas where there is no subspecialist nearby can be a real challenge. So by bringing telemedicine to our mobile clinics, we're able to connect them in a way that they never were before and increase the quality of care, increase the services available to the children, and really reduce the overall long-term costs associated with really a lifetime of, of health for these kids. Now, in terms of services, really the sky's the limit. We're starting with dermatology, but uh, over time we will include cardiology, pulmonology, and mental health services, which are also very important. How will technology be used to enable the remote care, and what are the key technologies being used? Well, the technologies involved that are actually enabling this care are standard telemedicine uh, tools, cameras, stethoscopes that can broadcast a heartbeat through the network, video, and a variety of other typical tools, ophthalmoscopes for looking in ears and eyes, uh, that sort of thing. And then, of course, there are the, the bridging technologies, which include both the, at the telemedical side, the devices that convert these, these signals into uh, appropriate formats, and clearly, and the thing that has made our relationship with the Verizon Foundation so wonderful, the, the connectivity that simply didn't exist before. That's really, in addition to the care for the children, that's really the story here. 
Now, how will health data and patient privacy be protected? Well, you need to understand that essentially what's taking place in these mobile clinics is exactly the same thing that takes place in a typical traditional doctor's office. So the the basic rules apply. We have obviously HIPAA and high tech um, because we're dealing with children and sometimes in school-based health centers we're dealing with FERPA, which is Family Education Rights and Privacy Act, which has additional um, requirements and strictures. So that's the regulatory framework in which all of this operates. So there are all the standard regulations in place about what can and can't be shown, the same safeguards that you would use in any doctor's office. Now, just because the data are traveling through wireless broadband networks, uh, we immediately have to think of people grabbing those signals. The signals themselves travel through an encrypted set of tunnels, specifically because we're dealing with transmitting health information. Uh, University of Miami, in this case, which is the uh, and the Miller School of, of Medicine, which are our partners along with the foundation in this particular pilot project, already have those uh, security protocols in place so that we really are optimizing the quality of what we can move at the same time that we're securing everything and ensuring that the health information associated with telemedicine in these children is as protected or, frankly, in some cases, more so than they would be for any other, any other patient at a typical clinic. Now, how will the clinicians at the mobile clinics be able to securely exchange patient data, patient records with other health care providers, such as medical specialists, labs, primary care doctors, so on and so forth? Well, health information exchange, as you know, takes place at, at multiple levels. I think the one that we're most often dealing with here is in the primary care subspecialty care relationship. So, If a patient is being seen using this technology in the dermatology clinic, for example, we know that the signal, the patient is in the exam room, we know that the signal itself is being securely transmitted through Verizon's 4G network. It reaches the hospital itself, the medical center itself, at which point it enters the medical center's network just as any other health information would. And then from the dermatology clinic, when they are looking at the images of the child or communicating with the clinician, the primary care pediatrician, the information is being exchanged there just as it would across any other set of clinics within the hospital. What's nice about this, the way things are set up here is, uh, with the exception of the fact that the camera is in a different room, in a different region of the state, the fact of the matter is it could just as easily be right next door. So it's very normalizing, and that's one of the things that's so extraordinary about this. It's not special. It meets all the standard requirements. If you're a clinician who needs to see an electronic health record, there it is, securely through the network, immediately available to you. Same thing with the image of the child's skin or with a heartbeat. Uh, very exciting because it's traditional, high-quality, secure data transfer. There's no, there's nothing special beyond that that needs to take place. Now, you mentioned that a lot of the security and privacy issues of the telemedicine are very similar to traditional healthcare delivery. Being that these patients are sort of mobile patients, will there be sort of an establishment of an electronic health record set up for them so that 
if they get care from another doctor after seeing some mobile clinician, that data will then become available on a permanent basis for that patient? The Children's Health Fund's philosophy is that every child should be a part of the health system in which they're being seen. So the fact that they are part of a mobile medical program because they can't physically get to the hospital in the uh, typical pediatrician's office for one reason or another in no way separates them from any other pediatric patient at an operational level. So, in fact, one of the things we've been working on for years, and again, this initiative enables, is that every child has a record in the institutional electronic health record system. So, in fact, were I to visit the mobile unit as a child, my physician on that mobile unit would be able to bring up my electronic health record that is stored at the medical center, see my immunizations at the statewide immunization registry in the case of Florida, determine my health status, see any lab test results just as they could from the desktop in their office where we seeing each other at a uh, typical practice. So when a child is brand new to the mobile clinic, they're registered into the system as any other child would be. And that record is available should that child have to go to the emergency room or should that child um, actually have to visit the hospital for a set of procedures. So the mobile clinic now is simply a doctor's office on wheels. It is no longer different than a doctor's office. So the patient's primary record gets set up or data entered into it by the mobile clinic physician or caregiver that would go into the patient's record held at one of the university medical schools or other partners that you are working with? Absolutely. If uh, if a child is seen by the uh, by a pediatrician who's part of the University of Miami, as is the case in this initiative, then that child has a medical record like every other child seen by a pediatrician at University of Miami. And after that child has seen the dermatologist at the subspecialty clinic at University of Miami, that information is in that um, aggregate record and available to anybody who needs to appropriately access it. So in many ways, um, we used to talk about the mobile clinic brings the doctor to the kids. What we've done with this initiative now with our Verizon Foundation partnership is we've brought the medical center to the mobile unit, to the kids. It's seamless. Finally, what sorts of advances do you think are on the horizon in terms of mobile health care, and what new privacy and security challenges do you think that might pose? Well, I think the biggest challenges and initiatives are the ones we haven't imagined yet. But in the terms of what we're seeing now, the first great, the first great advance is reflected in this particular initiative. The time was, there's nothing particularly new about telemedicine in and of itself. What is extraordinary is that we're able to do it reliably from a mobile unit economically and still have the high speed and quality of connection that is required for this kind of advanced technology. That's the new innovation here. Down the road, really the sky is the limit. I do believe that we will see a much much greater involvement, less traditional modes of healthcare. We'll see more um, consumer pressures for what I kind of think of as iPhone uh, technology. Well, I can play a game on my iPhone. I can turn my alarm on and off at my house with my iPhone. 
I want my health care through my iPhone. Obviously, we're beginning to see applications both uh, on the iPhone and Android platforms for this. But I think that's where we're going to see the greatest advances and the greatest pressures on traditional medicine to deliver care. And as a result, we're going to see tremendous pressures on the existing legal and regulatory system to deal with how is healthcare delivered this easily. Here's another issue. If I have a wonderful cardiologist perhaps at a medical center that I'm a partner with in California and my patient is in Washington, D.C., my patient's family work all day, they're not available till 5 o'clock, wouldn't it be wonderful if my patient could see that great cardiologist in California, the timing is right, the time zones work well. Well, we can't do that legally now for good but historic reasons. I think we're going to see a lot of pressure to begin to look at how we regulate licensing and access to care as online technologies beyond even this sort of telemedicine that we're talking about really become a dominant consumer-driven system. Why can't I see the doctor in that state? That doctor's available when I am. So I think we'll see a lot of regulatory pressure there. We'll see uh, the advances of technology, which is uh, true in virtually every other professional realm, pressed by increasing consumer demand. And I think that with changes in pricing structures for connectivity, with increased reliability, increased speed, as is the case in this initiative, that's really where the action's going to be. Thanks, Jeb. I've been speaking to Jeb Weissman, CIO of Children's Health Fund. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.